What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Tales from the Trade podcast. I'm your host, Mike Perkins, and my co-host, Mr. Jeff Farrell. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Glad Jeff's back on with me. And uh, today we wanted to discuss kind of the current trend of construction um, over the past. You know, it, it, it's tough to put a put a you know in a specific date on it, especially for our area in the SoCal area. Um, with the buildings are coming up bigger and faster and you know it's something that everybody in the trades has to deal with but there's positives and negatives to it going this way so i just thought it would be you know a good topic to talk about uh and realizing the the different impacts that we're all feeling on this and you know jeff and i can speak from our trade specifically but i'm I'm sure other trades are running into the same problem so, I yeah. mean, I mean, I would say like, it's probably been about what last four years around there. It seems like yeah. it's been going a little bit faster. Well, you, you know, it's funny. Like my favorite job I ever worked on was the Manchester Hyatt downtown. And I was a third period apprentice, second or third period apprentice. When I got on that job, I was on that project for two years, you know, two years working at the same place, you know, it's downtown San Diego, right next to Seaport Village. It's a good location. Dude, I mean, the things that we got to do on the job were awesome, but I was like, dude, I was there for two years. And a job that size now, dude, you're lucky if you're there for nine months total. Yeah. So I, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, which I mean, for other trades, I guess they would be on the project for three, four on a project that size, now they're probably around like two years. You know what I mean? You know, the electricians are always in there super early. True, true. From so, when it's a hole in the ground yeah. all the way to, you know, the finished switch plates going on the walls and whatnot. But I, I'm sure they're feeling it, and but they're still there. I mean, they're there for a long time now, but it's still not nearly as long as they probably were before. Yeah. It, you know, and I think th- this is something that we talk about, you know, at least amongst our company. It's like, that's the riddle is like, you got to build them bigger and faster. And then how do you keep up with it? Because... I know that a lot of the ways that I learned and came up through the trade was time spent on the job and then repetitive motions with what you were doing, um, training with the foreman at the time who you know could go up there and show you how to do something and then let you go for a while and then come back and check on you. You know, and ridicule you for messing it all up. Uh, you know, but then over time you learn those skills. Nowadays, like the durations are shorter and shorter and shorter to where I think that we're losing um, the knowledge within the trades because you don't have the time to teach and educate. You have to do it off the jobs, Yep. you know, which is difficult, right? Because, you know, what we've seen is, you know, the the companies don't want to pay for the added time and then the guys don't want to do it for free. So it's like a catch 22 with learning the skills. Yeah, I'll say I don't really, you know, as a foreman on projects, I don't get a whole lot of time with the guys actually while they're working like yeah i go check on them you know but that like you're saying it's like you don't really have the time to go up and show someone every you know the steps and teach them how to do the things and now we're relying on you know like our journeyman our lead guys to do it but then at the same time they're feeling the pressure from me where i'm like hey we need to get this done you need to hurry up so then now they're kind of you know they don't have the time to even teach the other people where when i you know got brought up and i had a journeyman that me and him worked together for I think it was almost three years yeah. that me and him were just together and he always had the time to teach me like I learned so much in those three years and now as I see it it's like we don't we don't get that time right and it's it, it, it's showing too through some of the apprentices and everything that we're getting like 
you know, they're getting close to journeying out and you're talking to them and they don't really know some of the things. And I'm like, how do you not know this at this point, yeah. you know, in your, in your career? And then it, you know, you got to take a step back and be like, well, fuck, you know, we don't have the time to teach them. They're not learning all the things. And, or it's the exposure, mm -hmm. you know, that's the other thing too, is I, I remember on, you know, that specific job, I went from, you know, really green in the trade, but I think we started off with like louver flashing to installing louvers to installing a metal, a metal roof system where we had to, you know, <laughs> use rock climbing gear. Uh, cause it was like, I don't know, a 28 and 12 pitch roof or something crazy. It was a wall. Uh, but then I moved into learning how to install gutters and soldering and then into fascia and then into expansion joints, which you probably never wanted to learn. No, but I was glad that I did, you know, you know, the exposure to it. But, you know, on one project, I touched so many different things of our trade, you know, with architectural sheet metal specifically, um, because you had the time in it. Yep. You know, you didn't have to have 10 different crews on the job. You could take two or three and flow them into the other activities. But, you, but you're right. We don't have that luxury anymore, you know, and, and I get it. The general contractors are constantly fighting for you know, which one of them is going to get the job. So what's the sell to the owner? I can get you your return on investment faster than the other guy, yep. you know, with, I'm sure everybody holds the safety standard, the quality standard, you know, that's, that's what they say when yeah, they yeah. go and sell it, you know, but it, it's all return of investment, you know? So on an owner standpoint, I get it. Like they've invested, I don't know how many millions of dollars into a project. They want to start getting their money back. Um, but that funnels down to where you have less training, less exposure. And then now it affects the quality and the function of the building and ultimately will cost the contractor slash subcontractor, you know, for that education. Yep. You know, what our, our old boss always told me, there is no free education. All of the mistakes and, you know, the learning that you go through, it costs money. So that's why, you know, when you become a journeyman, it was so important. So sorry, let me take a step back as an apprentice, you know, you go through and you can make mistakes, you know, you're a cheaper wage, but you're learning. And when you become a journeyman, it's time to pay back for all those mistakes. And the return of that is continued employment, Yep. you know, and nowadays it's, it's tough. Cause you're right. I I've talked to a couple of our, our foremen and I'm like, Hey, you know, there's, you know, whatever aspects of this job that you're going to do and, you know, expansion joints. And I've had a couple guys say, Hey dude, I've never installed expansion joints. I'm like, how, how the fuck have you never installed expansion joints? You know, expansion joints for anybody, you know, we live in Southern California. So seismic with earthquakes is a big deal. And it's where the building separates and then you have to have a plate system or a system that bridges that, but is able to move. It's a pain in the ass. It's designed for a perfect world that it never is. Um, so a lot of exposure on how to work with them and whatever is important. Which, coming up in the trade, it was like a rite of passage. Like, you had to work with expansion joints. Yeah. You know? But nowadays, it's, it's, it's fucking crazy how fast they want to move everything. So, I, I don't know. I, and, you know, not that we have any solutions. It's just a reality that I think we all need to face. That they're going to have to find ways to train and pass the knowledge down. Also, while keeping pace with the current market. Yep. So. It's a giant riddle. It is. And, and I don't know if other places build as fast as we do, or, or at least, it, you know, in the Southern California area, because we have two things going for us. Well, the main one is weather. 
Like, we don't have snow. We Fuck, it doesn't rain here anymore. Apparently. I mean, it rained last night. I think there was like, well, like 10, for, 10 drops. Yeah, know, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing that if you don't know about Southern California, you know, most other states, from what I've heard, uh, haven't experienced it. But when it rains, they still work. Us, we draw a circle, you know, a really large one. If 10 drops hits it, we go home. Yeah, I mean, I heard about other places like Oregon. I mean, they, they were telling me that, you know, on the days that it's sunny are the days that they take off. Like, right? they, they work in the rain. They the work in the rain. Days. They're like, yeah, no, hey, it's sunny, dude. I'm going to go do yeah, something. I'm going to go fucking yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, I've heard the same thing with Hawaii. You know, the surf's fucking good. Good right. luck getting anybody to show up to the job site. It's like, I, I get it, man. You got to live. Hey, I mean, I heard there was a job in Encinitas where, you know, they were taking surfing breaks. That that was true. <laughs> we did do a job in Encinitas. And I can't remember the uh, the general contractor. Okay, it was like one or two days a week. They'd all meet up in the morning and go surfing. Like the job site was right on the beach. And, and granted, I don't surf anymore. But I was like... I, are you fucking kidding me? And they're like, yeah, man, we start our day off surfing. I'm like, what time do you start work? They're like, well, when we're done surfing. Right. So I'm it just like, depends on how good the waves were shit. that day, I guess. I think that job was only like three months late, <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> but, but I was like, ah, it, it makes sense. But yeah, you know, the, the training part's hard. You know, I, I know when I was an apprentice coming up, I did a ton of side work and, you know, take that for what anybody thinks, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a controversial topic, you know, especially when it comes to the union side of things. But, you know, I gained a lot of knowledge putting my own neck out there and, you know, owning my own mistakes when, I, you know, somebody else's dollar wasn't on the line. It was mine. Yeah. You know, it, it was a great education. So with the up, up and comers, if you can't get the training on the job, seek out that side work. At least there's money involved. But, you know, you're going to sharpen up those skills in order to stay employed. Yeah, I mean, and too, I mean, I know some guys, they, they'll sit there after work and, you know, ask questions to me and, and try to figure some things out just because they want to know, you know, which is always good. I'm, I'm one of the people that I'll stay late to teach someone something, you know, give them a little bit of training. If they ask, if they want to know, then, and they don't want to, you know, ask while they're working and they want to figure it out after work. I'll sit down and show them. No, I've had, a, I've had, honestly, I've had a couple guys too that are like, Hey, can I take this piece of metal home? And I'm like, what the fuck do you want that little piece of drop for? You know? And they're like, Oh, well, you know, like couldn't figure out this fucking miter. So I want to take it home practice. And, no, and that's yeah, huge. Like, hey, take as much, take as much of the drops as you want. You know, like if, if you're using it to try to better yourself because you want to figure it out by all means, go for it. You know? Well, I think that's like, you're, you're, you're touching on a point that that's a reality, whether people want to accept it or not, as far as, the trained and skilled and the guys that can perform are the ones that will always stay. And I don't think that that's any different than the way it's always been. Yeah. The difference is, is what you need to do to achieve that because of the jobs moving so fast. You know, and I'm not saying anybody should work for free or anything like that. But at the same time, when we're crunched down to where, hey, I used to have two months and now I've got three weeks to complete a task. Like, who's coming in with the skills? And, you know, the guys that shine, you pull them and bring them to the next job and the next job and the next job. How they get those skills, it's just changed a little bit. And yeah. it's the guys that are willing to take the time and, you know, learn on their own to an extent, you know, and, and spend the extra effort. But once again, I mean, I get it. You know, no one should work for free. But there's also getting paid for the skills you have is the other side of the coin. If you don't have the skills, how do you expect to get paid? Yep. So it's just a matter of how you achieve those skills. I think that everyone needs to be 
open and honest about with this day and age. I mean, remember we tried to put on those, uh, those weekend classes, yeah. you know, where we were going through teaching different mitering or, or aspects of our trade. And dude, it was like pulling teeth, getting guys to come in. And granted, I, you know, I taught a couple of them yep. and I, I'm not getting paid. I'm donating my time just to better people's education. And, you know, I, I got a lot of blowback from the guys and I understand why. Oh yeah, yeah, but but you've got to acknowledge it's like well you know we should be learning on the job and it's just like let me show you the schedule, show me where like there is zero time in it. You well, know? the funny thing was I think on one of those classes you had more foreman. Yes, showed <laughs> That's up. To right, it. I was all, fucking pissed at that. I was we like, all, we I was all, like, great. All the guys that show up know how to do all this shit. Yeah, we just showed up because we're like, hey, you know, we'll help out if more people are there and you can't do the whole thing. Hey, we'll be here for that. And then I was just like, all right, well, I guess we're all here. So yeah, I, we should have just moved to the fucking hey, bar at that yeah, point. Well, let, said, hey, let's see who can do it better. I don't yeah, know. Right, <laughs> Turn right, it into a right. little challenge game. It, it, game, it I came guess. into a competition. You know, that's the other thing too with the jobs moving faster the younger generation does need to realize that that it is a competition yeah you know and granted you never step over your brother or your sister to get ahead like that'll get shaken out real quick you'll be seen as a piece of shit we'll see through that but at the end of the day why should we keep you versus the other 10 people that are on the job what are you bringing to the table you know to say like no I want this person with me at every job site. And, and once again, whether you like it or not, that's the fucking reality. Yeah. I mean, the, when I was getting brought up, I mean, that was always the fun thing. Honestly, just trying to strive to be the best. I wanted to be the best apprentice that there was. Healthy you know? competition. And, and so then it was always fun when you had another apprentice that wanted the same fucking thing. And then it's like, all right, here we go. Like, here's my challenge. You know, like, let's see. And it made both people better. We got more done. It was fun throughout the day because I think we touched on it once before. It's just, you know, that shit talking throughout the day. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Hey, you're you're ahead of them. Fun. You're ahead of them going into break and you're like, dude, I got you. I'm yeah. Fucking smoke yeah, it's you, like dude. you slow Wait ass motherfuckers. Like, what are you guys? You guys taking a nap over there? Yeah. Like, and then, <laughs> hey, after break, they start catching. You're like, oh, fuck, man. Hold, <laughs> all right. Hold on. Hey, after lunch, I got you, dude. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to step it up. Uh, right. <clears throat> I, I think the healthy competition is the other way to counteract the you know, the, the crunching schedule and everything like that. It's, you know, that, that was always part of the fun. You know, I'm a super competitive person. So are you, you know, we've known that with each other over yeah, the yeah. years. And then most of the great guys that we've worked around, they were the same way. You know, it's like, dude, at the end of the day, you know, I have your back 100%, but I'm also going to talk shit to you the whole way oh, that yeah. we go there. I mean, that's, that's part of what we do. And that's one of the great things about being in construction to me. I don't know of any other industry that, you know, on one minute, I'm just belittling an individual because they're slower or just whatever. But then the next minute they say, Hey man, I need a hand. You drop fucking everything and you're over there in a heartbeat. Yep. You know, I think that that's something that few other professions have, you know, maybe the military, I would, I would say would be the next closest thing, which surprisingly, you know, or not surprisingly, a lot of tradesmen come from the military. You know, because they get that sense of, you know, brotherhood and banding together and, you know, getting shit done. Also, with not really giving too much a shit about uh, everyone else's feelings. Exactly, so. yeah. When I say the nice thing is, too, is like throughout, like all of the trades in general, like if you need help, most people 
it doesn't matter if they're for the same company, same union, anything. Yeah. Most of the time, someone is going to jump in and help you. If they see you struggling with something, they, they get right in there. And that's the, that's the nice thing. It's not like you're out there, you know, just as individuals doing something, you know, like it's everyone is there to help everyone out. And when you have that, it actually makes these jobs that are moving faster. It makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. When other people are willing to help you out, they look out for you. And you look out for them. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times, you know, working with some of the glazers out here, I mean, they help us out, you know, setting us up pretty good. Yep. A lot of it is we kind of control their fate a little bit because they, they need us in the beginning. Right. But, but, but at the same time, if they, you know, and I, I think you're right. 100%, you know, as much as, you know, we talk shit about each other with the other trades and whatnot at the end of the day, if another trade is like, hey, dude, like we're in a bad situation, we need some help, like moving something or, you know, I've got to jump in here for a crane pick. 99% of the time, we'll always work with you. Yep. Now, granted, if you're that repeat offender that's always crying wolf, we're going to see through that shit real quick and it's not going to work. But but you're right. The, you know, the environment that we're in where, you know, it's dangerous, it's fun. You know, we're, we're getting to do cool shit. Um, I I think the camaraderie is what keeps the jobs moving, you know, but unfortunately as we move through the tighter and tighter schedules, I think that that camaraderie is affected. Oh yeah. You, you know, everybody's feeling the pressure as far as like, dude, I've got a schedule. My boss is on my ass. The GC is on my ass. They've got, you know, whatever critical date that they need to hit. And, you know, I got to get it done. So I, I feel that that's affected as well. Oh yeah. I mean, Especially with like high rises right yeah. now, like for me, like high rises kind of seem to be the fucking worst because I got my schedule. I know the dates that we have to hit, but then you got someone that's working below you. You know what I mean? And they have their fucking schedule that they have to hit. And then now it becomes that big push where it's, Hey, there's trade stacking and that's going to happen. But I don't know. You get blocked out of areas because you got guys below you and there's, there might be more critical path. So then you lose your shot at it. And then now you get put in the crunch of like, well, fuck, you were supposed to be done a week ago. And it's, dude, it, I, got, I got these guys below me. I can't do shit. It is. And I swear to God, that's in like the general contractor's playbook. Pin the trades against each other in order to just get the job moving faster. Where What's crazy to me is we actually, you can get the job to move faster if you got us to work together better. And not pinned us against each other and double scheduled everybody or stacked the trades. That's mm -hmm. the notorious one in order to meet schedule. It's like, well, I'm going to have, you know, whatever the concrete pouring, the framers framing and you guys right behind them. And you're all a day apart. It's like, that doesn't fucking work. No, one, you, one you, small hiccup in that plan. It all goes right. To shit. And it always happens, oh, yeah. you know? So I think the bigger thing that, you know, just people need to realize is that, they want them faster and you know, they're going to stack them and what are you going to do about it? it? It's, it's really nothing other than, you know, between training. And then I, I've noticed that the upfront planning is more and more important now because you don't have the time to plan on the back end. Yep. So, you know, we've seen it. Well, and this is the other thing where they're, you know, at least down here. And I, I think in, in most of the major cities where they're moving into units, unitization of systems, so whether it's, you know, the Glazers were one of the first to pioneer it uh, as far as, you know, these curtain wall sections that would come out in huge chunks and they'd attach them to the building. It's super cool to see and watch. Um, 
but also a part of me is kind of bummed out because now someone's just learning how to set a unit versus how the whole system goes together. And I'm sure part of the trade is lost. You know, you're seeing that with precast, you know, coming out where, you know, I've heard stories of the windows already being installed into the precast before it comes to the job. Yep. You know, this is all taking away from the tradesman's work, which I think is going to be a detriment in the future because less exposure, less training. Um, but I don't think it's going to change. No, I think everything's going to progress that way where everything's going to be more unitized. And Yep. I mean, I guess the guys who are building it are getting the experience of how to still put everything together. Kind in of. In their you, shops. You, I don't know. You're just getting more <laughs> specialized in, yeah. in what you do. So instead of being a real well sorry well well-rounded individual you're going to be more specialty you know installer as far as like hey i've done i'm the panel system guy i and, fucking hate that uh, yeah squares on a fucking building <laughs> I, I got very little respect for it but at the same time like that's what's being pushed you know it's like hey we just want to like crank these out and get them on the building but when you come to a custom corner it's like uh Shit, I, have, I I don't know what to do. It's like, what do you mean you don't know what to fucking do? You never made one of these by hand with a plunge router? It's like, well, no, it just comes out of the factory that way. Yeah. It's like, ah, so that's kind of the problem. Yeah. So, I, and I'm not saying this is, you know, as far as like doom and gloom. I'm more just kind of saying that this is the reality that we live in and that all of us in the trades uh, need to get smarter on how to deal with it. Because I, I see this in the next, you know, especially now, at least here where we are, the next 10 years is going to really shift the whole dynamic because of people retiring. Yeah. You know, that's the other part that kind of comes into it. It's the passing down of the knowledge that I think that we're going to majorly miss out on. There's very few people that have had the exposure, um, you know, like you and I have had, you know, being very fortunate in our careers. And then the old guard that, you know, taught us most well at least mine they're all gone you know the the ones for you i think most of them most, are gone yeah too. most of them are gone yeah so i mean who is passing down the knowledge and how is that being done i think that is critical into each trade surviving and moving forward it can't just be relied on sole apprenticeships no because i mean for like our union since it is like 90 percent hvac the stuff that's getting taught as far as architectural wise, it's not a whole lot. It's what, six months out of the five year apprenticeship? I, I think they moved it to a year. But still, I, I, I agree. You know, a year of architectural sheet metal is a joke. Yeah, you you're spend, not gonna touch on half the you, shit we do. You could spend three lifetimes in this trade and still run across new shit every day. I'll say, yeah, I I, I still come across things where one hundred percent still trying to figure it out. Right. <laughs> but but you're right, you know, it's uh it's, I, th I think it's going to end up relying more on the individual to take responsibility and say, you know, I want to be a professional in this trade and I want to make it in this trade. And the only way to do that is to become more employable. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think really right now, like we touched on it, where it's like they're not getting as much training, but we're still doing the same things, right? So like the journeyman sure. is still doing the same things that when we were getting brought up, they were sitting there, they slowed it down and taught us, you know what I mean? But those things are still happening, right? So like all of that stuff's still going on. So, I mean, I would think when you're an apprentice now, it's, you need to more so just kind of pay more attention. Yeah. You got to, you're going to be learning on, it's going to be going fast. 
But like, if you pay attention, you should still be able to pick up the majority of the things. And over time, the course of the job, you might figure out a little bit. And then when you go to the next one, you might be able to figure out a little bit more, but it's just, you got to pay attention. Yeah. That's probably a whole nother podcast (laughs) in itself with the the younger generation, which, you know, I've talked to, you know, I got buddies that are iron workers, electricians, framers, plumbers, pipe fitters, HVAC guys. And we're all feeling that pain of the newer generation. And, And it's just different. You know, I think that, you know, and you're 10 years younger than me ish six. Oh, six years younger, but still you were more, even my generation were, I'd say my generation, even it started, but it was, you know, we shut the fuck up, listen and did what we were told Yeah. now, you know, and, and I have a 12 year old daughter to where I have to explain everything, you know, even though. I don't feel I should have to explain everything, but I have to explain everything to, in order for it to sink in versus like, because I said so, right. You know, shut and, up and, and do it. Right. <laughs> and, and, and now I feel like with the younger generation, they need more explanation, which comes back to the same problem is like, dude, I don't have the fucking time to explain. Just do what I say, learn from that, retain the knowledge, and then we can move forward. So, but once again, I think that's a whole different conversation we can have. Uh, I, I would actually like to speak with the younger generation. You know, we we could totally find somebody to yeah, they're, they're sucker there. in to, yeah. to come in and sit here and have a conversation with us as far as why the hell it's so hard to teach them fucking anything. But, uh, but yeah, so anyways, long story short, jobs are moving faster. Training's critical. You've got to pass down the knowledge. And uh, I, I think that's the only way the trades are going to fucking survive. Yeah. So. All right, well... Jeff, once again, it's been a great time. Yep. Uh, talk to you guys again soon. Let us know what you think of the podcast on Instagram at tales underscore from the trade. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.